I, I quoted a few weeks ago when I, when I shared last a, a famous quote from Winston Churchill in which he said, success is not final, failure is not fatal, it is the courage to continue that counts. And I kind of just came across that quote in my message and I, I put it in there because it tied in, but from the moment I, I did that, I've just had this quote going over and over my head and my thoughts the whole um, two weeks since then. And it's really a profound statement for all of us, regardless of where we are on our journey. And so I want to just take a moment to have a look a bit more at that. He says, success is not final. You know that those moments that you succeed or you have a break, breakthrough, those moments for sure are times to celebrate and to enjoy That's a moment to thank God for what He has done in our lives. But we're never meant to just stop there. We're never meant to stop at the moment of success. Because God's not finished with any of us yet. Amen? God's not finished with any of us yet. Regardless of how great that success was, there is still more ahead. Springbucks beat the All Blacks last night. Just wanted to throw that out there. They're not going to stop there just because they beat the All Blacks. But it's the thing with our lives... Okay, sorry, that wasn't the greatest analogy. (laughs) Success is not final. I have a bit of a theory that God's not going to have me here on earth if he doesn't have something for me to do. Like, if he's prepared a place for me to go and there's nothing for me to do here, then why would he keep me here? Uh, I believe that there's always something for us to do. God's not finished with me yet. And so even though there may be pauses and patient building seasons along our our, our journey, like Beck spoke about last week, there is still more ahead for each and every one of us. But the danger is that we can live constantly in the light of our last success. Where we sit back and we fail to move forward into the things that God still has for us to do. What if the Israelites had crossed over the Jordan River, had walked around the walls of Jericho, seen the walls come crashing down, captured that city, and then called it a day? And said, hey, that was awesome. That was cool. We're we're done. That's it for us. Make no mistake, it was an amazing victory for them. It was a huge success in their history. It was a landmark occasion. But God's promise to the Israelites as they stood on that uh, bank of the Jordan River was that he was going to give them all the land that they put their foot, that, the territory, that their territory would extend from the deserts of Lebanon to the Euphrates, from the hill country to the Mediterranean Sea. What if they had stopped just after winning Jericho? In fact, in Joshua 12, it lists the other 30 kings and groups of people that they still had to defeat after Jericho in order to fully claim the promised land. Success is not final. Don't tell me that God doesn't move like he used to move in the old days. Don't tell me that your best days are behind you. Don't tell me that your most powerful moments and most significant events in your life are all in your past. Success is not final. There is more ahead for all of us. There are greater things still in store. There is more to be done. Your best days are ahead and not behind. The greatest days of this church are not in the past. They are still ahead of us. And at the risk of sounding like Brian Houston, the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come for all of us. Success isn't final and failure isn't fatal. In other words, you may have failed this year and you may still probably fail again in the future. I know I will. But the truth is, is that it's not the end of our story and it's not the definition of your life. Your failure is not 
fatal. God has a plan and a purpose for your life, and He has factored in our propensity for failure into that equation. He actually knows that we can stuff up and that we will. I hope I can say that. Anyway, I did. (laughs) Failure isn't fatal. If you ever need reassurance of this, just look at Peter. (laughs) Jesus, I'm with you all the way. You and me, we're we're in this together. Even if all these other guys fall away, I won't. I'm, I'm your man. I'm here. I'll never leave you. Less than 24 hours later, Peter's telling people, I'm not one of his disciples. I I don't even know the guy. I wasn't one of those who hung around with him. But failure isn't fatal. And Jesus restores Peter. And Jesus looks past the failures of the man and he commissions him um, with the cause so great to prove to you and me that our failures are never fatal says that his mercies are new every morning. Well, why is his mercy new every morning? Because we need him every morning. We need his new mercies every day. Success is not final. Failure isn't fatal. But it is the courage to continue that counts. And this is where I really want to focus in this morning. I want to share this morning about courage, about having courage to continue. You know, we all need courage. Every day we need courage. But there are also times where we need extra courage, where we need, a, a, where we need to be very courageous. And so I want to look at probably the most famous and most quoted passage in the Bible concerning courage. And probably you've heard many messages based on this passage before, and I, but I just want to encourage you to open your heart and, and to allow the possibility of a fresh revelation of this for God to speak to you today. So we're reading obviously from Joshua 1. And where this passage fits into the storyline is that Moses has just um, spent the last 40 years leading this group of Israelites. They estimate about 3 million people. He's been leading them around in circles in the wilderness. And they find themselves now on the brink of crossing over the Jordan River into this land that has been promised to them by God. Sadly, Moses doesn't have the opportunity to go into the promised land himself. And so we have this change of leadership taking place, this passing on of a mantle. And you can imagine that this is a bit of a nerve-wracking moment for, for both Joshua and for the entire nation. Because from way back, from the time that they had walked out of Egypt, Moses had been their leader since that time. And through the good times and through the hard times, it was always Moses was the one that they turned to for godly leadership. And he had been the constant for them during that time. But now we have this moment where Moses is gone and Joshua is stepping into this leadership role. And it says this in Joshua 1 verse 1. It says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then... You and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. And you can imagine that Joshua is feeling the weight of responsibility from this call. I don't know if you remember the feeling you had when you last started a new job. Or maybe that feeling that you had when you you changed schools or you went from primary school into high school. Or maybe the feeling when you step into a, a new level of responsibility. It's a nervous time. There, there's doubt and there's, there's anxious feelings associated with it. You start to ask questions like um, asking yourself, how are you going to go in this new thing? Are you the right person for the role? Do you have what it takes? 
And you kind of feel like all eyes are on you and the weight of responsibility is on your shoulders. But Joshua doesn't have the weight and the responsibility of just his life or his family. But he has the responsibility of three million people. He's making decisions and he's taking steps which will impact the lives of three million people. Now, come on, how would you feel in that situation? Genuinely, it's, it's one thing to wake up in the morning and to say to your family, family, today we're having pancakes. It's a completely different thing when you're taking three million people across into a new land where you have to fight against enemies, where you have to establish yourself, where you have to set up new things. And you can imagine the feeling that Joshua is experiencing at this time. And so God continues and he says this, he says, I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, to the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And then in verse 6 it says, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So two times God says to Joshua, be strong and courageous. But this is a courage sandwich. Because in the middle of those, God says, be strong and very courageous. And I believe that there is a difference between being courageous and being very courageous. See, the truth is that we need courage every single day. For many of us, it takes courage just to get up in the morning. It takes courage to go to those places where we go every single day. It takes courage to do your normal, usual, everyday things. God's inferring in his his instructions to Joshua that it takes courage for us to do the right things, for us to meditate on the word of God, for us to keep it on our lips, for us to obey God. Those things take courage. It takes courage to be a parent and to raise children the right way. It takes courage to live out the lives that God has called you and I to live. It takes courage to align our thinking to the things we should align with. It takes courage to stand for what you believe in, to speak against those things that are wrong, to demonstrate love, to shine your light, to stand in the gap, to be God's hands and his feet. It takes courage for us every single day. We all face challenges in our emotions and challenges in our relationships. And for us to face those challenges, we all need courage. It takes courage just to go through every single day. And so God says to Joshua, be strong and courageous. But he also says, be strong and very courageous. See, if we need courage just for what we are called to do every single day, I believe that we need to be very courageous to step out of what we do normally and into the new things that God has for us. 
God requires us to be very courageous in the moments that link us to a new level where God is taking us into those things. In these moments of standing on the edge of something new, in the times of stepping out of the old things, it is in the gap between the things that we have always done and something new that we are called to do by God, where God encourages us to be strong and very courageous. Proverbs 15, 24 says, The path of life leads upwards for the wise. They leave the grave behind. In another translation, it says that the path for the wise is an ascent. It's like going up a hill. It's going up levels. In other words, God's plan for us is to be going up, to be ascending to different things. But in order for our lives to go up to a new level, God presents us with new opportunities. And in the moment of stepping into that new opportunity, that is the moment that we need to be very courageous. What is standing before you today as a new opportunity that God is leading you to and where he is encouraging you to be strong and very courageous? What is that new thing standing before you? And so here we have the people of Israel under the leadership of Joshua. Now remember, they've been through 400 years of slavery. And then a moment came where Moses and the people had to be very courageous and follow God's leading to step out of slavery, to step out of being under the the Egyptians. And they began to walk through the wilderness being courageous every single day. But then the next moment came for them to be very courageous, to step over into the promised land, and they missed it. First time around, they missed it. And so they're forced to wander around in circles for 40 more years in the wilderness before they come back to the banks of the Jordan River. And God says to Joshua, be strong and very courageous. Because if you can trust me and if you can follow my leading, I'll take you into this new land and I'll take you to a new level. And I'll be with you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. But this requires you to be very courageous. See, even though God makes the promise, and even though He is with us every single way, that He will not leave us nor forsake us, there is still a decision on our behalf to be very courageous stepping into the new things. And God does the same with us. He encourages us to be courageous as we faithfully do the things that He has asked us to do. To have courage to daily wake up and to, to do the, uh, the things that He's called us to do faithfully. To love our families faithfully. To love our neighbors faithfully. To continue to do what God last told us to do. Faithful in our calling. Faithful in our parenting. Faithful in our daily devotions. Faithful in growing closer to God. But then there comes these moments where you know that you've got to be very courageous because what God is leading you to is something brand new. So how do you know when you have to be very courageous? Because you're freaking out on the inside. (laughs) If there's not an element of being scared, then there's no need to encourage us to be strong and very courageous. There's a well-known saying that says that if your dreams don't scare you, they're not big enough. And if there's one thing that I've learned is that the dreams and the plans and the purposes that God has in His heart for me and for you are big enough to scare us all. Because the size of His plans for you always exceed your current capacity to achieve them. And it's in those times that we need to be very courageous. The word courage comes from the root Latin word. I did research. How cool is that? 
The word courage comes from the root Latin word core, which means heart. Courage and heart are integrated. That word. They're linked together. (laughs) Just shot myself in the foot there, didn't I? I was doing so well. In John 14, Jesus is comforting his disciples because he's, he's about to leave and the Holy Spirit's going to come. And he says, take courage. Do not let your heart be troubled. It says in Proverbs 4.23, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Whatever you do, guard your heart, because your heart is the seedbed for courage. It is in your heart where courage lays and has the potential to grow. It's in your heart that courage can either be developed or courage can be quenched. Guard your heart above all else. And so when you stand on the edge of God leading you into something new, when he's preparing to take you into a new season, a new level, if you've guarded your heart, then the seeds of courage are already there for you to step in. So above all else, guard your heart. Don't let bitterness take root in your heart instead of courage. Don't let resentment, don't let unforgiveness, don't let self-focus get in your heart. But guard your heart. Keep it soft. Keep it pure. Keep it forgiving. Because when you do that, what you're doing is you're growing and you're developing conditions for courage to well up on the inside of you. See, very much along the lines of what Beck shared last week, what I found in my own journey is that often in the seasons where I've paid close attention to the condition of my own heart, where I've actively guarded my heart, where I've been consciously making sure that I'm I'm watching what I allow into my heart and, and, and being careful of the things that are allowed to take root inside of there. It's in times like that that when God brings me to moments where I need to step into something with courage, I found that the courage has already been there in my heart. I found that especially during, during and directly after times of prayer and fasting, that it's more than just a coincidence that there is a courage inside of my heart to step boldly into the new things that God leads me to. But let me be honest too and say that there are times that I haven't been as proactive and been ill-disciplined when it comes to safeguarding my heart. I begin to think things that I shouldn't be thinking about. I allow bad attitude to get in. There are things that I should let go of, but which I hold on to a little bit longer. Times where I'm being selfish, times when I justify the way that I'm feeling. And I guess it's not very surprising that in those moments, when opportunities are presented by God and when I need to be very courageous, that the level of courage that I need is just not there. Because I've allowed things into my heart like weeds that would choke up the seedbed. So this morning, there's two things that I feel very strongly to encourage us all about where we need to be very courageous in. And the first is this. We need to be very courageous to move on from the past. We need to be very courageous to move on from the past. Have you ever noticed how we glorify the good old days? We say things like, oh, it was better then. When it wasn't better then, it was just different. It was different. The Israelites were just as bad, if not worse, than we are with this. After 400 years of slavery and being under the rule of the Egyptians, God miraculously frees them from their oppressor and leads them towards freedom. 
But only a couple of weeks or months into their freedom and on their journey to the promised land, they start complaining about the food. Now remember, God is miraculously providing manna to appear every single morning for, more than th- for three million people. He's miraculously providing food for them on their journey. But they start saying this in Numbers 11. If only we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we ate in Egypt at no cost. Or throw that in there. It was free. Also the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. Oh, the garlic. Remember the garlic in Egypt. But now we have lost our appetite. We never see anything but this manna. In other words, they're saying we never see anything but the miraculous provision of God for our, in our lives. Like, hello. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? We miss the leeks and the garlic. Nobody misses leeks. Just saying. We miss the garlic. But I'm sure they didn't miss the slave labor or the oppression. They didn't miss the misery or the suffering that they endured, which caused them to cry out to God to save them. But they missed the food. They were wanting the things from the past. Can I say it takes great courage to move on from the past? It takes great courage to recognize and to identify that the past isn't the pinnacle of what God has in store for any of us. And I believe that if we could become very courageous to move on from the past, that God will usher us individually and ultimately us as a church into a new season of influence and growth. Making the decision to not stay in that previous season to not have our heart always drawn back to some of the good things that happened. It's all good. (laughs) To not being held back by past hurts. To not being disillusioned by past disappointments and regrets. But having great courage to step into the next season that God has for us. So God says to Joshua in Joshua 1, Now then, you and all these people... Get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land that I'm about to give them. It's important that we remember, though, that Joshua has been at this point 40 years earlier. 40 years earlier, he was there on that same bank with a guy named Caleb and 10 other spies. See, Moses had sent them into the promised land to go and spy it out and to bring back a report of what they saw. And they all came back with this report saying that it was amazing that, 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 that the, the land was flowing with milk and honey. I don't know what that looks like, milk and honey flowing. It just sounds weird. And a bunch of grapes that two guys had to carry on a pole, stuff like that. It was amazing. But fear and doubt got into the hearts of 10 of those spies. And they said it couldn't be done. They couldn't take the land, even though the promise was there. No, no we can't do that. And fear and doubt crept in. And what God required of them was for them to be very courageous. But doubt and fear replaced the courage of the ten spies and the whole nation was turned away. But now 40 years later, Joshua again stands at the edge of the promised land. And what Joshua required at that moment in time was to be very courageous, to move on from the past. And there are times that we all feel like that, where we think, hey, I've been here before. I've been to this place before where I've, 
I've been brought along to, this, to the edge of something new. I've, I know what this feels like. It's, it's a memory from our past. I've got to this moment before where I've journeyed right to the edge of something that God wants to lead me into. And maybe last time you had all the right intentions, but you didn't have the courage to step in. And maybe now being back at that same place, the courage isn't only about stepping into the new, but it's about moving on from the past, about letting go of the past. It takes great courage to move on from the past. Today is a new day. And maybe you just need to hear that today, that the past is the past, that you are not bound by it. You are not restricted by it. God is a God who can lead us past those things and into the new things, where those old things no longer have a hold on your heart. Just step into something new. So how do we know what the new thing is? It's pretty simple. We just ask God. Isaiah 43, 18 to 19 says, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing, says the Lord. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. God's doing new things and God's calling us to new things whether we perceive it or not. He is doing new things. We just need to ask Him. God's got new things for all of us. And He's calling us into those new things. And He's saying, I'm promising these things to you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I go with you, but I need you to be very courageous. Finally today, musicians, please come. It takes great courage to do what's never been done before. Have courage to do what's never been done before. And I'm talking about supernatural opportunities that God brings your way. Things that take you out of your comfort zone. Why not keep your eyes open to try things that you've never done before? I think of David and Goliath. Yeah, sure, David took out lions and bears, but never taken out a giant before. But he had to be very courageous to step into the new thing that God was leading him to. Think about Moses and the burning bush. How many burning bushes have you seen calling you and drawing your attention to it? He had to be very courageous to step away from the things that he was doing and focus in on what God was wanting to say to him and lead him to. These God-ordained moments, these God-ordained opportunities that he brings our way, that take us out of our comfort zone, something that is brand new, something that we've never experienced before. It takes great courage to step into those things. Here's the thing about Joshua. He had never been the leader before. He'd never been personally responsible for a nation before. But he was called by God. And yeah, he didn't have the experience, but he had the anointing and the calling of God on his life. And God said, have courage to do what you've never done before. It takes courage to do something new. But God is a God who pioneers. God is a God who is innovative. He's, he, he's, he initiates new things. He's, he's creative. God isn't the 
God who does the same thing all the time. He's creative. He brings about new things. He challenges our way of thinking that we don't get stuck in a mindset. But he's creative. He's innovative. He, He brings about new things in our lives to step into. And my prayer is that today your heart would be open to embrace the new things that God wants to lead you into. To allow him to help you to think in a new way. To not be confined by doing things the way that it's always been done before. To allow him to soften your heart, to embrace the new things without fear and trepidation, but have great courage. To give you eyes to see the opportunities that lay ahead of you. That in the natural you say, there's no way that I could do that. There's no way, Lord, that I could lead a nation of three million people into a promised land when I've never had the experience of being a leader. But God, at your word, I'll be brave and courageous and I'll step forward knowing that you are with me every step of the way. Let me close with this story. I heard this true story of a young pastor who had been asked to come and take on the pastorship of a small church in the suburbs in England. The church had been about 30 members for a number of years. And soon after coming to the church, the young pastor realized that there was a good reason that the church hadn't grown over those years because they were stuck in the past there and they had no desire and no, and, and no courage to step into anything new that God was calling them into. They, they just kept doing the same thing over and over and they weren't willing to step into the new that God had for them. And so one day the pastor told his son, he said, son, you, you're not going to school today. You, you're coming to help me at church. And of course the kid's like, great. <laughs> I don't have to go to school. That's cool. I get to go with dad. So they arrived at the church and they walked into the auditorium and the pastor told his son, okay, you grab the end of that pew and I'm going to grab this end and we're going to take it outside. And they together hauled this pew out of the church auditorium, out of the church property into an adjacent field that was open and, and bare. Did this all morning, pulling out the pews, making a big pile of them all in this open field. Next they went in and They grabbed the big old wooden pulpit that was there that had been there since the church had been built. And they both strained and lifted it up and they carried it outside and they added it to the pile that was in the field. Then the pastor dosed the whole thing in petrol over the pews, over the pulpit. And you think I'm nuts. Then he threw the box of matches to the sun and told him, hey, light it up. Why me, Dad? The kid said, the pastor responded, because I don't want to get into trouble for this. I'd rather say that you did it. True story. True story. They lit it up. Spent the rest of the week redoing the church, painting it new carpet. They they spent the, the second half of the week doing a letterbox drop to the entire community saying, hey, there's a church that's a bit different now. The next Sunday, 60 people came in. 30 people left before the first song. But that was the first Sunday in years that somebody had given their heart to Jesus and said, I want to follow Jesus. And a great move of God followed in that church. But it took someone to be very courageous to break from the past and to step into the new things that God was calling them into, no matter how scary it looked, 
but knowing that God was with them. To be courageous enough to do what had never been done before and to trust God. Maybe for someone here today, God is saying to you, hey, it's time for you to burn the pews. Not literally, please. Keep the chairs in the auditorium. Don't, please. Bring your own, yeah, burn your own pews. To burn the pews. To be courageous enough to take those things out and to burn them. To burn the things that have become just dead memorials to things that were once alive. To burn the things that are holding you back from the new thing that God wants to call you into. Can I ask every head to be bowed and eyes closed this morning? This whole week as I've been preparing this message, I've really believed that there is a new thing that God wants to do. There is a new spring of life. There is new direction. There is new passion. There is a new drive that God wants to take you on. That this morning he's been speaking to you and challenging you saying, there's that new thing that I want you to step into. There is that new thing that you're standing on the edge of it and you're looking at it and you're scared. You're looking at it saying, that's too big. You're looking at it saying, I'm not prepared. I'm, I'm not qualified. I'm not experienced enough. But God is saying, be brave, be strong, and be very courageous because I am with you. Maybe you're standing on the edge of something new today, just like Joshua on the banks of the Jordan River. And this morning, God is challenging you, but at the same time, encouraging you, saying, hey, it's time for you to be courageous. It's time for you to be very courageous, to have courage enough to move on from the past, to move on from those things that have held you back, to move on from the old mindsets of this is how we always do it and this is how we will always do it. To move on from the idea that your past has disqualified you from what God has for you in the future. To move on from the past. Encourage to step into something brand new, something that has never been done before, something that you in your wildest dreams could never think that God would do in your life. But God is a creative God. He does, makes all things new. If that's you today, everyone's heads bowed and eyes closed. It's nobody else, just me and God looking. If that's you and you say, this morning I need to be very courageous. I've stood far too long on this bank or worse, I came to this place and I looked and I turned away. But I've got back to this place now and maybe that is you today. And if that is, and you are stirred inside your heart to say, I need to take a step of faith. I need to be very courageous. I want to pray for you today. And if that is you, don't just want to raise your hand in the air. Just so I know who I'm praying for. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. A lot of people responding this morning. God is speaking. God is, God is anointed this very moment for something great to take place. It's no coincidence that you are here this morning. It is no coincidence that you have heard this message today. It is no coincidence that God has been challenging you and encouraging you and leading you to this point where he says, today I want you to be very courageous. Get ready to cross over 
your Jordan River. Get ready to step into the new thing. Get ready to leave the old behind. Get ready to burn those pews that have held you back for so long. Get ready to step into all that God has for you.